you're welcome to the second part of the third episode of season two of Colavari Creativity Series, a podcast that is focused on exploring the world of creativity and innovation. If this is your first time listening, don't be lost. This is a part two, a continuation of the first part, which I think you should listen to. It's available on Deezer's Teacher google podcast apple podcast at colavari creativity series you can also follow colavari solutions on instagram and linkedin for you know for more so we had an interview with paul axtell and if you listen to the first part you'll have a bit of background on what we talked about we talked about designing conversations that allows creativity to thrive and we share some excerpts of the interview well aziz and i do you know run some commentary on it and it was packed full i learned so much i think one of the basic things that paul mentioned that stood out for me is creating an environment for easy and productive conversations remember the topic was to design conversations that allow creativity thrive so creating the environment that actually allowed that those conversations happen is very important and also deliberately involving others in um, in the formation of an idea or making them really packed on the idea helps foster effective conversation that actually can lead to an innovation or something that will be of value at the end of the day to everyone. So hello Aziz, welcome to part two. Hello Zika, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Yeah, um, like we said, the drive for interviewing Paul was to get insights um, for our listeners on how they could design conversations that allows creativity to thrive. However, during the interview, we had segments where Paul talked about the concept of excellence he refers to as being remarkable. Okay. And we felt our listeners would also would also benefit from from these uh, discussions as well, and that's why we what we try to capture in, in part two part, of yeah. this um, uh, episode. Of this episode. Okay, so like as this said, Paul talked about being remarkable. So let's listen to him introduce his thoughts on this concept. I also have another notion that it's possible to be really good beyond good and in some areas of life it's about talent if you're a mathematician it's good to be a genius in math and some people have an ear for music that allows them but for most parts in life it's simply attitude preparation and practice and you can simply i once saw a quote which is you will never outperform the person who outworks you and that is so. You will never outperform anybody who outworks you. And I like that because it's one thing that's in our control. We can outwork the people around us. And then if you kind of look at life, most people are not really going about it in a way that allows them to maximize their potential or have a lot of influence. So I would focus on what Paul said talent is overrated <laughs> my thoughts on this i think reliance on talent if not put in the right perspective can be destructive yeah very true yeah um, so for me talent is natural aptitude or skill so there are two things for me that that makes reliance on attitude uh, on talent destructive the first one reliance on talent can be the antithesis 
to the focus and hard work required to succeed. Mm. Now, people who rely on pure talent to succeed are usually frustrated when things don't happen the way they have planned it. That's one. And I also noticed that they also have a higher tendency to move on to something else when they meet a stumbling block because they rely on pure talent. Secondly, I also, I've also found out that reliance on talent breeds arrogance. Yeah. And with arrogance comes missed opportunity, opportunities to collaborate. And true value really is found in collaboration. Now, there are two other issues that I really want to quickly highlight. I also think hold people back alongside over-reliance on talent. One is the belief that to excel, one has to be well-rounded in everything. Perfectionist. Perfection in everything. This concept is highly flawed. It's a myth. No one is well-rounded as an individual. No one exists that is well-rounded. We all have areas where we can always leverage on other people. Now, some of the most successful people that we admire, if you really look at them, they are in fact highly flawed and dysfunctional. And I'll use examples from different uh, different areas. Um, so let's look at the the one of the greatest writing teams in music, Elton John and Benny Toppin. The most one of the most successful songwriting team ever in the history of music. Elton John cannot write lyrics. Benny Tuffin cannot write melodies. <laughs> so individually, both of them have flaws. But as a team, collaboration, as a team, almost perfect. Let's look at Leino Messi. Leino Messi is so one-footed. Um, there's, there, there's something that is called the the ratio of your strong foot to your right foot. It means that for every time you use your strong foot compared to your right foot. So for Lionel Messi, it's 10 to 1. So it means that Lionel Messi uses his right foot once for every 10 times he uses his left foot. So let's understand that for Ronaldo, it's 4.5 to 1. So Ronaldo uses his left foot once for every 4.5 times. So in a way, Lionel Messi is flawed because he over-relies on his left foot. And the tendency when we focus on trying to make people rounded is that we try to make them less dependent on that thing that we say it's a flaw and make them become more rounded. So Mm. you want to make Lionel Messi use more of his right foot because you're trying to make him well-rounded. But you know what makes Leno Messi Leno Messi is his yes, left-footedness. His aberration, yes. You understand? His left-footedness. Yeah. yeah the, so the more you try to walk on his right foot, I'm not saying there's anything wrong. You take away something out of Lionel Messi. His uniqueness. His uniqueness. Yeah. I'll give you another example in football. And um, there's a there's a footballer called Andre Pilo. I think over the last 20 years, if you if you want to name the top five midfielders in the world, he's definitely going to be there. He's what you call a deep line playmaker. He plays from the deep. He, he sits just in front of the of the defense. Now you need several skills to to play that part. One, you need to be very comfortable on the ball and ability to pass. 
But you also need to be physically strong so that you can help your defenders. You also need to be able to track back and, you know, um, mark other players. But at, aside of his ability to pass, Andre Pirlo is poor with his... He, I mean, he he doesn't run very fast. He's not physically very... He's not physically strong. So he has huge flaws as a deep-lying playmaker. Mm. But when you want to name the top midfielders that have played in the last 15, 20 years, you will name him. Now, the reason that was was that for club side and national team, he had somebody who played alongside him, Rino Gattuso. Gattuso had the strength of like two people. So he compensated for whatever flaws, flaws um, Andre Pillow had, whether it was his ability to track back, his ability to run, his ability to mark other people. Gattuso had enough strength for two people. So as a pair, they were just exceptional. But individually, if you yeah. look at Andre Pillow and Gattuso, they had, they had yeah. so many flaws. Yeah. My point is that you do not need to be rounded in everything to be successful. You do not mm. need that. That's why you have a team. Mm. Okay? And the second point, the second issue that I think, you know, people, I think host people back is this whole issue of <laughs> pursuing your passion. Follow your passion. Follow your passion. <laughs> okay? I guess this is something that Paul Astor talks about, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So let's listen to Paul talk about the issue of passion. Yeah. There was a book a long time ago called What Color Is Your Parachute? I might have this wrong, but I think the story of it was that there was a group of priests and where they were working, it was going to be disorganized and so their future was in doubt. And so what do we all do? And instruction was, well, what are you passionate about? go create a career around that passion. The second thing is the term starving artists holds true. Because you have people who have followed their passion and they can't make a living at it. Um, I think the the better answer is what can you be good at and you may never be passionate about it like I think I would have been passionate about being a pediatric surgeon do I like teaching in front of groups no not at all but I'm really good at it um, now, I'm passionate that some of these ideas need to be put in front of people. Um, but I didn't start out there. I started out there because I saw that people didn't have an awareness for the impact of conversation and they needed to get that. Um, but I'm passionate about fishing and I'm passionate about reading mystery books. And I, but so it's wonderful, I guess, when you can follow a passion and have it be your career. I just don't think that's legitimate advice for most people. I think what could you get good at in building a competency? If you get good at something and competent at something, you will learn to really like it. You will enjoy it. 
Um, so I think maybe it's just which comes first. Most people think you lead with passion. I'm saying, I bet you end up being passionate about something, but let's lead with getting competent at it. I, you know, I mean, this is an issue that I talked about in previous episodes. I will just、um, highlight a couple of points.、Um, you know, listening to Paul, I, I kind of like understood certain things clearer. I realized that at times the best value you can offer、um, are not in areas where you think you have passion. You know, so Paul talked about、um, the fact that he offers very good value in teaching, he doesn't like teaching. Yeah. But he's passionate about the ideas that he wants to express. Where he, but he does not like、uh, teaching. But in delivering those ideas that he's passionate about, he offers values. And, and I was thinking about this because I, I think I'd said this in, in previous episodes where I said that a lot of kids my age growing up were passionate about football. Yeah. I mean, I didn't make a profession out of playing football because I didn't have the skills to become a footballer. You know, but I realized that my passion for football. Allows me to see insights that I bring into human resources. It's, so it's not as if I'm passionate about human resources, but there's an insight that I have from football that I'm、yeah. able to bring into human resources.、Mm. And that allows me to offer value.、Mm. So if you, had, if you had asked me 10, 15 years ago, am I passionate about human resources? I'm not. But I bring a very unique insight. From football, that I'm passionate about into human, human resources, resources.、Yeah. and that is the value that I offer.、Mm. So, when you say you will not pursue something because you're not passionate about it, you are only depriving yourself and people great value that you can actually offer them. That's one, and also for me, is, is this link between emotions and passion? And my fear is this I realize that when you allow emotions to lead. You tend to regret a lot of your actions.、Mm. So rather than say, rather than talk about passion or pursue passion, I rather follow things that I'm curious about. That's how I like presenting my, my case. So we're rounding up already, and、um, we would like Paul to round up by going through the foundation of for being remarkable. Just have the Have the flip charts there from the class I did two weeks ago. But、um, it's basically four or five themes. And so if I say, here's what I want you to take away from the training number one, it's possible to be really, really good at almost anything that you want to put in the time and effort. The easiest way to change behavior is to change your perspective. That's it. And effective people, if they're not looking forward to something, they change their perspective. They also read and expose themselves to people and they travel. Why? So the perspectives keep getting upgraded. So, perspective is everything. Within that, There are two perspectives I want you to get. One is treat everything like it matters. Treat conversation like it matters. Treat taking care of yourself like it matters. Treat the people you live with like it matters. Treat meetings like it matters. If you do that, you will be remarkable because nobody else is. 
Then the second thing, in terms of perspectives, I want you to be responsible for it all. I want you to be responsible for everybody's experience of being with you. I want you to be responsible for making the homework. Um, so perspective, conversation, conversation matters, and most people aren't paying attention. Within that, it's listening, being attentive, um, being present, and the six fields of distraction. So you have to start to managing the world of distraction that is constantly taking you away from being present. Other theme, relationships. There are seven key ideas about relationship. The first one being all relationships are a set of conversations. You can look at the last five conversations. That's your relationship. Um, Another idea is relationships are always in the process of running down, eroding. They need attention. They need time. Um, focus. You got the be here now part of the focus. But the other thing is effective people are clear about what they're about today, the next two weeks, and the next hundred days. They have absolute clarity about today, the next two weeks, and the next hundred days. And then the last piece in this theme of how to be remarkable is to be fully aware of the way human beings are designed to get defensive. Um, without that awareness it's difficult to hold on to the attitude that people are great. So what I say is people are lives, people are complex. Their lives are complicated. And you don't know what's going on for that person who's sitting in front of you. So much from that last except. Yeah. Um, I'm not, for me, the three points that stood out the most uh, one, be aware that people are designed to be defensive. Two, the easiest way to change behavior is to change perspective. And three, all relationships are a set of conversations. Jika, all about you. Uh, like you said, I'm still processing, but I think I don't think I would have said anything different from what you just said because. Um, Yes, being remarkable, these are the things that have to be in front of my mind to, you know, actually be remarkable. Take the first one, for example, be aware that people are designed to be defensive. So I have that in front of yeah. my head. I'm talking to someone, you know, I'm not getting upset yeah. or angry and it leaves, you know, an impression in the heart of the person yeah. eventually. And um, that's the beginning of being remarkable. And it's just really mind-blowing. It's something I want to go back and really listen to again, think on, and make some adjustments. So, like I said, we're rounding up. So we just want to listen to Paul, tell us his next plans, and yes, generally round off. Well, the last book we did was Compassionate Leadership, which was came out a year ago in April. I just talked, I think, um, 
we'll do a book on being remarkable. Because um, I think it appeals to people. I think it's that's a good context for the ideas about being remarkable. So I think that might be the writing. Um, we started leading the foundations program, which is my basic program about being effective individually and in groups. I've only done it for organizations for 30 years. Uh, and then all of that organizational work stopped with the pandemic because I couldn't go into organizations. So in January, <clears throat> excuse me, we started leading it virtually. And it's turned out to be amazing. So it's three half days, so three mornings in a week, sometimes Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, sometimes Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So next week I've got one as Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And so it does a couple things. You can bring in people from anywhere into the same class. They don't have to be at the same location. And we reinstituted, here's one of the remarkable things. I always believe that you don't know what's possible until you start something. So. A long time ago, when we started doing the foundations class, people would say, well, I really wish my spouse could come. And, you know, I've got a 19-year-old daughter and she's struggling. Could she come? And Or my priest, could my priest come? And then for organizational efficiency's sake, they said no more guests. Well, with the virtual programs, we've given every person one free guest. So... People have their daughters, people have their spouses, people have uh, people from a women's shelter who could not afford it, but if they got one for guests. So we're getting this wide variety of folks and it gives me a chance to keep teaching without the burden of traveling and being up in front of a group. So those are the two things, which is, how can we kind of keep the ideas working and how can we touch more people? Um, so that's maybe write the book and then do this virtual training once a month. Yeah, it's been a very interesting part too. And if you combine the first part and this part, definitely something had something would you know change if you listen thoroughly and on this note we would like to really really appreciate paul axtell for this interview thank you for granting it thank you for you know all the resources and information that you've shared with us we really really do appreciate it um we've come to the end of this second part i'll just say a few things that i've learned and then i'll Allah Aziz say he's as well. And then we'll see you in episode four. So I think um, the highlights or the high point for me in this part is what Aziz said um, a few minutes ago. The three key points to note. Being aware that people are designed to get defensive. The easiest way to change your behavior is to change your perspective. Because perspective is everything. And also all relationships a set, a set of conversations. Those are very, very important points on um, the foundations on being remarkable. And I think another thing that also stood out really, really, you know, emphatic in this part is in the beginning when um, 
he talked about being well-rounded and i think yeah. as he's also gives some insights on is that you know you don't have to be well-rounded in everything to yeah. be successful you don't have to be and um the importance of collaboration and how you know collaborating with other people produces value as well so i don't have to strive to want to be everything that's why there's aziz or there's you know <laughs> there's other people we also can produce value that way so i think this part on being remarkable has been has been remarkable so aziz any last words from you if i if i if i had uh if i had my way i would really love to do a follow-up i mean because what paul did for this part was like a summary of a summary yes like, you know i really would like to follow-up interview yeah i mean deeper on some of the points um that he talked about on that being remarkable um but i know he has a training that he does um and what i would try try to do is get more details and for anybody interested um they have virtual trainings as well for anybody interested in being attending the training on being remarkable we'll put out uh we'll put out put out the, the information uh, for anyone interested very important so thank you very much for this episode um i'm sure you have listened you have learned you have making adjustments because that is why we always bring you this episodes back to back and we hope that you're learning and making changes so we've come to the end of this part and this episode and um we want to hear your feedback drop a comment on instagram on youtube let us know what you think of this episode. Um, and as always, this podcast is produced and edited by Joshua Praise. And the soundtrack is an original music of Jasta Christos. And the poster is being designed by Faithful Larry and Joseph Okafo. Until the next episode, have a very creative week. Bye. Bye-bye.